1: Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now
2: at chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DTW, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
2: 18. Plus. No one, and I mean no one listening to this song, will be able to get this out of their head for the next two days. One of the things that I love about you that you guys have been
3: doing for years that I somehow joined in on. You are
2: seeing, which Ladies is and gentlemen, <laughs> coming up
4: later on the show. Johnny
3: Carson introducing obscure NBA players who will later be coming on the show and performing. Jorge
4: Murison will be taking a shit in a bucket and then <laughs> dumping it on Ed. It's called a dirty Jorge. Later on the show, Vinny the Microwave Johnson will be farting in my mouth. Staying with us, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf will be standing on American flag, giving someone a golden shout. Stay tuned, we've got Yingadare
2: sucking the dick of Vinny Del Negro.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he
2: resonates. heavy metal drummer it's by wilco off their 2001 album yankee hotel foxtrot and it's number 493 out of 500 on the 500 with josh adam Myers, and that's me even though you can't recognize my voice it is your host josh adam Myers. i know right now there's like people listening that are like josh swallow just swallow You got phlegm in your throat I don't have phlegm in my throat I'm sick everybody And uh, I lost my voice So uh, we're gonna make this one short and sweet Thank you guys for tuning in To the only podcast that goes through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums And we start at 500 And we're working our way down to numero uno Over the next 9.61 years So we're down to the final episodes guys You only got 492 more episodes to go Thank you, everybody, for your comments about the Gareth Reynolds episode. It was so much fun to tape. That dude is hysterical. I love him to death, and I love all of you for listening. This week's guests are my blood brothers in comedy, one of the best comedy duos I have ever seen, the Sklar Brothers. I can never say their name right. Sklar. Sklar Brothers. Randy and Jason are the hosts of the wildly successful podcast Dumb People Town, that they co-host with Daniel Van Kirk. They also have views from the cheap seats. They also have a brand new special on stars called Hipster Ghost. Guys, two of the funniest guys I know. I have such a connection with them. So it was an honor to get them on to tape this album because they are so impacted by Wilco Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Don't forget to stay to the end of the episode, guys, where I spotlight a new artist that was directly influenced by Wilco. Also, rate, review, and most importantly, please subscribe to The 500. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcast.com. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. You know I want to talk more. let's just get to the podcast. So without further ado, here we go with number 493 out of 500 with Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco. The Scar Brothers. I'm sitting down with the Scar Brothers. The Scar Brothers. Sklar, 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 Sklar. Usually people join in when I'm singing their name. You know what? So, can I be honest with you guys? Because yes. I, I've, for Thanks. the longest time, I love you guys so much, but I, I constantly want to say
3: scalar. Which okay, so the the, the brief story yeah. of that and why you're right, and uh-huh. we're going to tell we're going to tell you why your instincts are correct Please. and and who else believes it should be that way, and it will make you feel more emboldened with your claim. Jason, I, oh, I had to make a pee, and I was near a store called James Purse, a very expensive. Oh, store. I know the store; it's on Highland. Uh, there is one on Highland, and there's also one on Melrose over near like Dantana's and near okay. the Troubadour. So I go in, and I come out of the bathroom. There's no one in the store but one person. There's a there's shopkeeper. I know that's not what they call it, but there's a woman Shop who's working keep. at the store, and then there's Denzel fucking Washington. Washington. In the store. So I <laughs> I go, I just... I don't know. I started. I'm like, I gotta talk to this dude because, like, when am I ever gonna see Denzel Washington? Yeah. We start. We strike up a conversation. We're just talking about the stuff. He's like, "Have you had these shirts before?" He actually started talking to me. I was like, "Yeah, I got one of these things for okay. a birthday." Bro. Start rapping. We talk about football. We talk about sports. We talk about his son. Like, plays sports. Sports. And and I was like, you know, we did. My brother and I did a show on ESPN. He's like, yeah, I remember that show. He's like, what are your what are your names again? And I'm like, we're the Schlar brothers. And he just looked at me and he was like, the Schlar brothers. The skull. Scutt- the scutt- scutt- oh, like, there is not another syllable But there fucking is now You just added a syllable the Denzel scutt- Washington Oh brothers I was like Literally sc- I was suddenly was like Do I have to play basketball To get you out of prison What is oh, going on my
2: Oh my god well, It was so beautiful Jesus, and don't I'm really,
3: Jesus don't cry Shuttlesworth
2: I can't I can't believe That none of you Have given me <laughs> The, the Marcin jo- Gortat shirt. No this isn't a Gortat This that is, is a is George, George Murassan
3: George My like, giant Lego that's, Lego He's your giant
2: Because one of the One of the things That I love about you that you guys have been doing for years that I somehow joined in on. You are so. <laughs>
4: Ladies is... and gentlemen, coming up later on the show, Johnny
3: Carson introducing obscure NBA players who will later be coming on the show and performing. Jorge
4: Murison act. will be taking a shit in a bucket and then <laughs> dumping it on Ed. It's Ye- called a dirty Jorge. Later on the show, Vinny the Microwave Johnson will be farting in my mouth. Staying with us, Mahmoud abdul Rauf will be standing on American flag, giving someone a golden shower. Stay tuned.
3: We've got Yingadare
2: sucking the dick of Vinny
4: Del Negro. <laughs> may he rest <laughs> in may peace.
3: Uh, I was going to say both of them may the rest please. in peace. I know Vinny, Vinny Del, De- Del Negro is not dead. Nel Negro, Nel Degro. Vinny Del Negro is not dead. I just want him to get a good night's sleep. Let's mm-hmm. get into the history of you guys. With with
2: your taste in music, sure. because because I I <laughs> we're gonna bring up this term later, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a term that Jeff Tweedy hates mm-hmm. uh, that he classifies his people classify his music as dad rock. Yeah. And, I uh, hate that. Yeah, but, you know, I kind of, okay. I, I kind of, you guys once sent me a clip of Jethro Tull. Yeah. And I, I was
4: like, what the fuck? Oh, I mean, no, like, I sent you Jethro Tull. P- Him P- 43. P- it's a great,
2: it's a I'm great...
0: now I <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Your father
2: out in heaven. <laughs> well, tell me about, so, I mean, you guys grow, you're, you're born in St. Louis, right? in St. Louis. So, so, heavily, so, tell us about your... Yeah.
3: You so, so, we grew up in the 80s. We're 46, almost 47, and so... You know, heavily influenced came by of Cle- age like when Boston was big and when Journey. Our, what I love about Journey is on the Evolution album they had uh, Love and Touch and Squeezing into City, City of the, the Angels. Can
2: you imagine? It's like that title is just so hashtag me too, and it's like <laughs> like nobody's calling out any of this. I was, love yeah, and Touch, Touch and, and, and that's, squeeze. That's it. the
3: song that they played when Brett Kavanaugh was uh, sworn in. So, uh, <laughs> so we. Our, our attitude was, like, we love classic rock. That's what we grew up on. Like, Memorial Day weekend, we would just listen to, like, the greatest classic rock songs of all time. And it would be the same top ten. So our first concert we ever went to was in 1982, Loverboy and Joan Jett, which I would say, go back and listen to Tur- – Reno fucking lays out on every know, single I, song. Is this
2: Loverboy? Boy? Lover yeah, Boy. I, I just
3: don't know him. I know, uh, I, I know Joan Jett, but Working it's for like, the Weekend. I do
2: know that. No, no, no. I probably, if, if you played the turn song. Turn me, turn me Loose. Don't is, is, know that one. Oh my God. Turn Maybe. Me it, turn Me it, Loose. Sing it. Fun. How's it go? Why don't, don't you
0: turn me loose? <laughs> oh, Peter, so
2: Peter, play a little bit of Turn
0: Me Loose. Ah,
3: Jesus, is anyway, this, I I, no! Please don't play it, Peter. Uh, don't to play. Please, all right, uh, we, people have already turned off the podcast. No. How bad we are! All right, huh? listen. Here, so we got really into Reagan. Reagan music, like Bob Marley. Deep into Bob Marley. Oh, I, thought, I, I thought you said Reagan music.
2: Reagan. I, was like, I was like, what is Ronald Reagan music? Reagan era. Ronald, Ronald. Oh,
3: the trickle down theory.
4: It's the trickle down theory. Brady got shot in the head. <laughs> uh,
3: so, <laughs> it. Supply side economics. Tear down that wall. Tear down that wall. Mr. Go over there. I'm a little Hinkley I'm a
4: little hinky too. <laughs> <laughs> D- for all your life. <laughs> Duck. Take him to the Naval Hospital before he dies. Duck. <laughs> Jesus luck. Christ, Doug. is too the much. H- what Hick- was the album we have to do today?
0: The Hinkley, the Hinkley Chronicles.
3: This is a, another thing that sort of informed our musical taste. We went up to Canton, Ohio, where our mom's parents lived, and then our uncle and aunt and uncle lived across the street from them. And aunt and uncle had cable long before we had cable or anybody we knew sure, had cable yeah. TV. It's like 80 8182 like, like so and they had MTV they had MTV at their house, and I remember turning it on, and we would watch whatever twenty videos were in rotation. There were only like we'd 20. watch for like three hours, three at hours time. straight. So yeah. we'd watch "Love Is a Battlefield," "The Tom Petty You Got Lucky," like that. Yeah, well, out you're, of yeah
2: it. you're watching like the the beginning the of it. Of it. Yeah. ABC of Look
3: of Love. Yeah. Like I just remember being in our aunt and uncle's house and watching all of those videos over and over again, and thinking to myself, "This is amazing." So that kind of propelled us into college. Then we moved to New York, and we started to lean towards our buddy who we lived with. Uh, Eric Friedman, a great dude, a writer out here in L.A. He worked for his college radio station. And in his college radio station, he like... Which is always great because like, they had access to, to music. To all that a lot of the people... alt music that like... like Great stuff that we started to like really dig into. And we started to... It, it, our, our our taste started to change. Like, I remember I had a girlfriend when I went to Israel who got me into the Jayhawks. So the Jayhawks were a band out of Minneapolis that I started to love. And then the Judy Bats. Oh, good at, love being good at being simple. I mean, it was a great... So that kind this is, of this sounds like
2: music that uh, that like a professor smokes a joint and then grades like philosophy. Right. Essays. Nothing wrong with that. I'm in. You, <laughs> oh, God, a, I love everything read. you just said. If a, tweet,
3: if a tweed jacket could be a, uh, an <laughs> well, album, yeah. So that would rock. be it. So we so we were listening to that in New York, and we we're kind of like that opened the door for us to listen to the country rock. Sure. So we so we got a little bit into. A. M. Isn't that the, the yeah, first the Wilco Wilco album? Yeah, that's not the first one, but like it, box full of letters, that song, and a few other songs that we kind of got. So into. you were you were on right from the beginning with so we were a little in bit a into sense. it. So we, Uncle, someone's like you got to do Uncle Tupelo. Tupelo, you got to check it out. Screen door, we listened to that song, and it was there was a rawness to it, and. I, I it's only we can explain it because we went to a public high school in St. Louis. There were a lot of hicks in our in our school, a lot of dirt bags and burnouts, and you know a lot of kids who lived in like split level townhomes. Sure. Who you know for whatever reason, those were our friends. Like they were some were going somewhere and some weren't going anywhere. We were just in the mix with like all these people whose lives divorced parents, they're never around. Guys smoking tons of shit and like skateboarding in the afternoon. Nothing wrong with it, but just it was classic high school, public high school. And so when I heard the Uncle Tupelo, I'm like, oh, this is like if like Scott Denner and Denny Shea and this and Paul Safa and this guy, they all got together and they made a band, and then they did this like th- they're they're singing about shit that's kind of like the attitudes of the kids that we grew I'm up with and, with and understood. It. And so, for, but then there was this little bit of edge, which obviously was coming from Tweedy, yeah. that was pushing the envelope into an alternative space. It wasn't just straightforward like this is where we go country. we're going tubing down the Merrimack River there will song- it wasn't all just about songs like that whereas Jay Farrar, love his voice a little bit deeper much more heard straightforward. forward for years but i've never Do you know never the actually song? listened okay, to okay, so drown by, by sunvolt, sunvolt. another
2: band that it's like i've okay. i've heard of i've heard of uncle tupelo i've heard of sunvolt especially when doing the research for this it just was like oh i, I knew they were so connected tr- sunvolt i just like, didn't drown, know how
3: the picture and uh, loose string those three songs on that album were just fantastic you know he's super talented Musically, but there was something going on with Tweety that Tweety was a little bit just different. just kind of had a little something else. Sure, so, no, and I believe that too. So then, in two thousand one, two thousand two, I think uh, is when uh, this album comes up. Is when this well, album... let's
2: just get let get started with let's that, right? Because you brought us up to it. So our album is number four ninety three out of five hundred, and it is Wilco's two thousand and two release, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. All songs were written by Jeff Tweedy and Jay Bennett. All lyrics were written by Jeff Tweedy. Jeff Jeff Tweedy. Jeff Tweedy. Jeff
4: Tweedy. Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, you mean Jeff Tweedy? Jeff Tweedy. Jeff
2: Tweedy. And the album was self-produced. Yeah. It was mixed by Jim O'Rourke, but it was self-produced. So well, the
3: the story of the album is quite amazing because it is. they were paid to do the album. Yes. They made their money to do the album. Then they delivered the album. The and label the did not like. Label the Label said we don't like the album and they dumped it. Yes. And it looked like they and they made a great demo- documentary called I'm trying to break your heart about that this which is the first track on which, the album which I would say I think
2: this is a this is this is a double album because you have to watch that movie to really appreciate this record but let's before we get into all of that. Did you think Wilco was going to be going into what they're calling an experimental direction cuz I didn't think this was experimental at first when I was talking to one of my producers about this. I was like, "How is this
3: experimental?" There's it's two or three moments. Country. Well, there are two or three no, no, moments. No, you but listen but, to but it. then
2: when you listen to but this is the thing is that you have to go back. You have to listen to, Summer listen to Summertime, you have to listen to Summer Be There. Teeth. Yeah. Summer Summer teeth, teeth. Yeah. you have to listen to What yeah. Being There, being, being, there has has, some, to being, being there has being some there has moments. Being there kind of
3: being there ramped to there's a couple this. moments. Yeah, so you
2: guys were already into them yeah. with those two records. So now what were you expecting? And what did you and what did you get when That's the first time you question. heard this That's this a record? Great question. So so
3: here's the thing with a Wilco out record, which you which you start to realize and what I love is that, you know, at first I liked certain moments in the record. It's almost like it's almost like the record is like an ocean and the moments I like were little islands sure. throughout the ocean. And I'm like, I like this song, I like this. I don't like how this ends. It's so discordant and really difficult to listen to, and it's just feedback, and I, why did they do this? I call that those moments the moments at which my then-wife, because I was only married for one year, I'm like, these are the moments where my wife jumps off. Or where your wife's, like, <laughs> not paying attention to what's going on in the car, and she's like, like what, what are the we listening fu- fu- What is <laughs> going on? What the fuck <laughs> are we listening turn to? Turn the right shit now. off, for Christ's sake. And then, <laughs> all she hears is
0: like, Woo <laughs> Well, so,
4: heavy metal drummer. right, but so so,
3: so there were a lot of beautiful songs, <laughs> and like, beautiful moments moment? that they would then destroy with like discordant chaos and and what was hard at the beginning it 's very hard to just sit down and just listen to the album because it it challenges you very and then, much and then what happens over time is the more you listen to it, the more those parts become part of the whole, and the islands become a long isthmus, and then it becomes like this this whole thing that you can listen to start to finish and they make you work for it and right. then you earn it. And then when you earn it, you realize how much you actually love it and how much those parts were part of Tweety's, you know, and Jay Bennett was part of their, the way they were feeling. They like, you know, they wanted to make something beautiful and then destroy it at the end. Yes, because they that's were, just they were going feeling through inside. Shit. well but the truth of the matter for me is when i heard it at first i I brought it over to your house i bought it at amoeba records Mm -hmm. i brought it over to randy's apartment that he was living with his wife Mm -hmm. on sycamore avenue oh so you're already out in la at this yeah Yeah, we're out in la because we came out in 99 so randy and i so i remember (laughs) listening over at his house and being like god you know really digging some of the songs and some of the melodies but i love this is difficult i love for me it was a wilco album where i was like god they're so i heard Like Jesus, etc. I heard uh, Camera, and those are the ones that you're saying that stuck out right away. Yes, right away. They're really like totally different. Totally different. Pot Pot Kettle Black, yes. Heavy metal drummer. Pot Kettle Black. The man who loves you sounded like a Beatles song to me, and something that I totally loved.
2: There's, there's, there are three songs. First one. No.
3: So you go. No, I was going to say to join with you is that you're naming the songs that you
2: got drawn to first. I actually pulled back from, and then I found. That heavy metal drummer uh, I, I'm the man that loves you and Pot kettle, Pot black. kettle black yeah. Just like I, I felt like And even the last two Even though they're sad They're like just They still so just bad. Reservations oh. It's just so It just moves me So I was more attracted To the poppier stuff The other sad stuff
3: uh, I think but, we were younger And we just didn't Like we I don't know We, we I just kind of was like I, the, For me The very first time I listened to an album I'm like What is the most complete song That I can latch onto to The quickest and And maybe sure. that's not smart but like no it's no, almost like, like what we all do it's, it's almost we, like you're falling down a hole and you're just reaching for a toehold holder and a grab to like where you can connect with this album. Yes,
2: you couldn't have said that any better. So that's this that's...
3: song. Now I'm here. Now that, this, this, this this is this this is And then you, you sh- listen to this one up, and, then and you start climbing up. And start climbing up over that song. Yeah. And you're and into so it song. it truly I was like God. There are a lot of and I love the Wilco albums before being there. Especially there were like there are whole chunks of being there that I can listen to all the way through. Then there's a couple of songs where I'm like nah, I don't love this song. But like in Summer Teeth, maybe. Less songs that I loved, and they were further apart. I just remember this album the first time I heard it. I was like, "Okay, this is special. This is really interesting." And there's a there are a lot of songs that I want to kind of dig into. And I started to listen to it more, and the lyrics start coming forward yeah. a bit more. Like to me, I listen for melodies first, and then then I start connecting with lyrics. I have to listen I, to it several times. Dude, I am trying to break your heart. That is to me, that is like everything that Jeff Tweedy is 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 in that song and in those lyrics like he as a musician, outlined- as an artist he's trying to break your heart as a as yeah. a listener oh, also- oh and he does and, and he does. does also like who what i love about it is just that simple phrase i'm trying to break your heart nobody if you've been in a relationship with anybody nobody ever is like i'm gonna fuck you up I'm, gonna, I'm about to break your heart. And then to follow that line with, still I'd be lying if I said but it I, wasn't easy, easy. Yeah. meaning this is what I do. This is, what, this is the currency I trade in. I trade in breaking people's hearts. That's what I do best. I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't a, a snap. I am this to you. Okay, I am the, trying to break. Okay, your
2: well, mind. let's let's ask you this question from that song. Yeah. Is there a relate really, because this is about a tumultuous relationship sure, that sure. he ended because of how he fucked up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a relationship that you know that you were the reason everything fucked up? You
3: that crashed? Yeah. Yes, there were plenty of relationships. Yes. Yeah. There was a point in time right before I met my wife. Okay, back in '97. I've been with my wife now so long; it's it's insane. But like, I, there were there were relationships I had with people where I knew. I was like, this is not going anywhere. This is fun. This is great. And I knew the other person like wanted to bump it up. And I was just like, I am not there. Yeah. And part of me was like, I should just tell this person goodbye because that's what they want. It's not what I want. But I was like, fuck it. I'm just having too much fun. And this is too enjoyable. And you're I'm comfortable. Go- and right. it's also you might have I, dogs
2: together. Well, yeah. No, I mean,
3: I, I can tell you one. I was 23 and i met this woman who uh who was great and i connected with her so much her mother had just died like a month before and she was living in her mom's apartment oh. yeah, up in new york and and i just remember i was like this I'm 23. All I want to do is really have fun and just be a dumb young person. I
2: mean, that's a that's a heavy relationship to be in at such but a young it's age. Too it's much she too wanted much. she wanted
3: so much more. Maybe I was 24, but it was like she wanted so much more and 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 I knew in my heart that I was going to break her heart because we were connected. We connected big time. And like, you know, she wanted someone to instantly be in her life and be a support system for her and be there for her and I just couldn't do it. Yeah, and even... And so, like, knowing that and then still calling her, that is what this song is about and it to me, it, like... Even, like, those two... There are, like, two melodic, like, piano riffs that sometimes... That start to overlap in the song. Ding, ding. Even just the top of the song, it feels like they're turning on all the equipment. Pete,
2: play a little bit of the fucking song for me. Pete's there somewhere.
3: Doesn't it feel like they're turning the lights on in the studio? Oh, yeah. I just love it. It's like an overture to the album when it comes on at the beginning. And there's something. I mean, what I love about this in this song, too, and this is another reason. Like As a comedian, I love this. Somewhere in the middle, as, as the song is winding down and it's just chaos at the end, he shouts out, I'm the man who loves you. Okay, so in this whole song, he's telling you, I'm, I'm going to break, break your heart. heart. I'm trying to break your heart. I'm trying to break your heart. Then he sings at the very end, which is maybe the most... Heartbreaking the thing ever is, is like I'm pulling you back Into this relationship By saying oh, I'm the man who loves you Which is yeah. a tease To a song That's gonna come up Nine songs later Eight songs later As a comedian Sometimes we drop moments And then Oh later yeah Later in the it's, act It's, it's a, a callback call back. Sure And I, he's almost doing A callback on his album But how beautiful is that Like there are certain Like Certain albums are worlds unto themselves. I think, like the Hold Steady, uh, mm-hmm. Boys and Girls, Girls in America. America, and certainly the one Separation Sunday. Like those are albums. Separation Saturday. Separation Saturday. Sorry, sorry. Those are the albums that you know they create this universe and characters that keep popping up in songs and yeah. moments that come yeah. back to you. And I'm like that. You just did. This isn't just a collection of songs that you wrote in the last year. This is as a- we put together. And we all do Like we've, we've now done Two hours And we're working On our third hour We've done two Half hour stand up specials Done five albums You work hard To craft the the material So that the set Has a flow And makes sense And you want people To listen to your album And like Listen to it all the way through Because yeah. there's a point At which like Hey the set's supposed To go up here And then down It's like kind of here it's, it's middling around here And then it goes really here You want there to be Those peaks and valleys And that thing To give the audience A second to catch their breath and then go into something new Completely and something different. yeah completely. Because if you just kill him Kill him kill him kill him Kill him every moment it's great. It's awesome, and and there are some things that just like David David tells Skanks for the, the memories, memories is thirty nine minutes, minutes of just, just, destruction. Destruction, just destruction, out yeah. and out destruction. But I don't think you could do that for an hour and ten. You'd be tired at like fifty, and the audience minutes. would be sure. tired, and I don't know if they could handle it. Maybe, but like,
2: well, even even like you're watching some of the great comics now that are like that that always crush. It's like they they it's like it builds, it builds, it builds, it builds. Hugest laugh. And then they restart. They restart. So right you have to, because I I've never seen anybody just.
3: That's what this, this album This does. album, what it does sometimes is it like, it gives you like an intense song that's hard to listen to. That's
2: I see what you're sad, saying. And, so, then, and, then, it, you, and well, then you give a light song. And then it goes into camera. But is yeah. camera really a light song? No. Melodically it, it is. Lyrically. Lyrically it is not. I need a not. camera that's for my, my eye. eye. Yeah to my,
3: to my eye to my eye
2: uh, I thought this is this is a, a super catchy song I want to play Pete play 25 seconds in
3: Just that little yeah. part right there. Yeah. That's yeah. that little, little,
2: that little organ, fucking organ. It's an organ tickle. So,
3: so. That organ tickle at that point again shows you how layered this music. But really this
2: is. is, but this is what is funny about this song is I, I. So I respect what you guys are saying about the peaks of the valley. You know what I mean, going up yeah, and down. Yeah. But this is actually a song about asking for help. Yes. Right. It's about uh, his family who he mistreats or who retreats to when he can't handle himself by himself,
3: so he's using his family as a bailout and a way to, to give I them responsibility. I need a camera to my eye. I, I need I, someone to I show can't me trust, to... I can't trust the way I'm seeing the world that I need someone to take a picture of it so you can see what it is, well, I'm, because I'm not trustworthy. So
2: I read this online and I really dig this, because you know the line, and no, it's not okay, okay so yeah. you just have to imagine the the person on the other end of the phone being like, is everything okay? And, and he's like, "And, and no. no, it's so not. So he's a- literally saying how fucked, he's like, dude, I'm fucked. I yeah. need your help. Okay, here's the question. And he
3: repeats, no, it's not okay. okay. It becomes a mantra at the end of the song. Okay,
2: which one of you more li-
3: is more likely to ask for help when you actually need it? Mm.
0: Jeez. Mm. And
3: why? I would say me. Yeah, I think I am more likely to. So Randy, are you stubborn? Are you more of like a... I think I have this idea that and I got to get away from it. But we like, I got it. I got I to handle it for everybody. I got to handle this. Sure. I got to shoulder everything for everybody. I got to take on this and I got to take on that because I'm strong enough to do it. And I just you just got to like nose to the grindstone and just get it done and don't ask for help because there are other people around me that need help. And so if I'm going to ask for help, that's going to fuck them I up a little that. bit. And no. so like I need to. Yeah, there's like a but, tiny piece of that that feels like a little bit selfish to to ask for help, to be like, I can't. I can't do this. Have you ever had a moment, guys, where
2: you had to like, where you called the parents and were like, I like we're
3: we're really in deep shit like we're fuck. We need your help. Yes, I've called. I've I asked and I'm sad about this. And to admit, this is really sad, like to help pay my bills this year because of what's been happening. I asked my mom to help me with some money this year. I'm 46 years old. I have kids like to, to call home and ask my mom to help cover something, to make it work. Uh, was hum like humiliating? Of course, I guess. I mean, it's. I'm it, a father to 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 not be able to handle that was. But I knew I needed the help, and I knew that I wasn't going to do it on my own, and I had exhausted every possible way. And I told my mom, "I'm going to pay you back," even though I knew maybe there's a way I uh, there's I might sure. not. And I. I and then you, as a parent, you. we have kids. We'd be like, if our parents are, if our kids ever asked us for anything, we'd be like, yeah, of course. So my Don't mom ask. I didn't realize that I was giving my mom the gift of being able to say, I want, I can help you, and she could. Which but that I, is the other side of it, you know, is that, people, but I people yeah. do want to help. When people come to me and ask me, I need help for whatever reason. Can like you help me gift. with this,
2: dude. I'm, I'm like, my mom has, has continuously helped me out. Yeah, and that's the reason I'm out here still. Yeah. And I hated asking. Uh, But then on the flip side, uh, I'm on my mom's phone plan and I'm going to be on that shit till that woman dies. Like I'm riding that gravy train and she's so
3: so so as parents of kids, what we can tell you is that when you have moments where you don't feel great, because I remember hanging up the phone with my mom when I asked for the money and crying because I felt terrible that like. I just was like, I can't believe that it's come to this point when in many ways I do feel like successful and I do feel like we're do we're doing everything we can and we're working as hard as we can, but I was like, that was a very hard moment for me. But on the other side, I look at my kids and I'm like, like Randy said, if if your kids ask you for something and you can provide it, you feel like you're fulfilling your duty as a parent on this earth and you'll always be their parent until you die. And so I think for your in your situation, your mom probably feels joy in knowing that. I don't, she- I don't think- <laughs> every time I've
2: had to call my mom for money, I get yelled at for five minutes and then, all right, I'm sending it. All right, right, but I that's I don't right.
3: have the money,
2: Josh.
4: <laughs> You're bleeding me dry.
3: I imagine I your mom nothing. has the right. same voice as you. She does. Yeah. I swear to God, she's like Josh.
2: She's like, Josh. what are you calling me for? Josh, you, you,
3: you need money again. A lot of courage for Jeff Tweedy to to do a song about how he needs help. And well, something beautiful about the fact that the song, in many ways, certainly at the begin, and the the beginning into the middle of it, uh, and I think it ends actually. Doesn't it end pretty? I, I don't know how. how they and no, I'm not okay. okay ben. And then it just play the ending. So it just kind of ends in, and it, there isn't like the the discord and the difficulty come in the lyrics of this song. It just ends naturally, and then the next song is more of a it's slow, slow deep, it's Not my deep, favorite tough. song.
2: This was a hard one to listen to. This for the past two. So weeks. he's saying cheer cheer up honey yeah cheer up honey i hope you can yeah. there's something wrong with me yeah yeah my mind's filled with silvery stars honey kisses clouds of fluff which is uh this is a song about his alcoholism or about mm-hmm. an alcoholic mm-hmm. yep um and i really didn't like this one this was a hard one for me to fucking to really dive into nothing not even about being like an addict no just, it's, just- it's it's like i could i can i could listen to the upbeat Song about, so, okay, so, about asking for help But not So, so now so, he's making, so, you okay, the now beginning, making you work The
3: beginning part is really hard And he's making you work really hard And they're making you work really hard And then there's a shift in the song There's a shift in the middle of the song oh, And then it goes to a Oh, distance, long, right, well, long, that's long. distance a has a way Of making
0: love understandable.
3: understandable A distance has a way
0: of making love a oh Joe. So so
3: it, so but this is my confusion a little bit with the lyrics and I don't know. I think he's saying Long distance has a way or oh, distance has a way. What? So Something of so kings and queens. In
2: fact, distance makes love more difficult than ever. The yeah. cures over radio waves transmitted voices of a lost love do little to make love more sane. Tweety finds himself confused and hurt, detached from the one thing he hoped to hold on to. Right. So, I, you know, and
3: again, by the way, that's I, the life of an artist. Of too. an artist. Especially a go traveling go on the road. Road. You go on the road, you know, it's it's especially in 2002 pre smartphone pre FaceTime pre all that stuff you're out of sight out of mind you're in a sure. different world and you're and you're battling your own battles like this is what's difficult about being an artist and a performer and and leaving someone behind or even your family and your kids you know our work is fun ap- appears to be fun to the outside world but it's hard it is hard work to go stand on a stage and make a crowd laugh you feel the pressure trying to do new material you could always fail in front of an audience days the whole day even though you're, you're thinking not, to yourself are we going to sell enough tickets are they going to be like let's we got to promote this thing we got to make sure you're doubting out. yourself even though you've done this for the last a million times uh, yeah you've done
2: it a million times but this is the one that's just gonna hate you you're gonna so- eat it
3: and so and and you get through that night and yes it's fun and people are laughing and they're hanging out with you afterwards and they're posting pictures on instagram and all that stuff about you and from it to an outsider it could look like you're just out having fun But really, you're working super hard and it's hard to be away. But then it is kind of fun. It's a very complicated thing. And so I do think that distance has a way of... Has no way of making love Understandable And then it has a way Of making love Completely understandable Because if you do love yep. Somebody and they're back there You're like I had this whole experience And this was great But really I can't wait to get home I want to be back In this kitchen And I want to be with my wife Or or them. if they're able To be supportive of you In that moment And just be psyched for you There is like Your your love for them Bursts through In an sure. unbelievable way Completely So truly and awesome And then it goes to War, war, war on, on war, war, war.
2: Which is, is One of my favorite songs So good Just well they're gonna Listen to the intro I want everybody to hear the intro real mm-hmm. quick, cause it does how it just picks up. <laughs> You've heard it a million times in from philosophers from from mm-hmm. spiritual guides mm-hmm. you have to learn how to die if you want to be alive mm-hmm. okay which i love that so so let me ask you guys both of you tell me about a moment that you got to realize how precious life was like what has put life into perspective for me it is it was like the car accident that i was yeah. in i was yeah, able I to oh God, yeah, it absolutely. didn't happen right away it happened 6 years later amazing. but i had to almost die and then six years later put myself through it and through hell for the next six years and then to be able to stop have that breakthrough. So where have you guys was it was it having kids? Is it is there a moment? Have you almost died?
3: Is there something that I mean, it's
4: I know it's a Look, heavy question. Our, our,
3: it's a heavy question. Our father was like a huge part of our lives, and then he died in 2009. And yeah. He was not a healthy person. It is miraculous. He lived as long as he lived. He lived to be 67. That mm-hmm. is, for that dude, for as unhealthy as he was, just in he wasn't a smoker, wasn't a drinker, just ate. Ate. Terribly. That like St. Louis pizza? Yeah. Just, mm. just why do you have cheddar just, on it? Yeah, what the like, fuck is up with it's that? It's Provel, which is a mixture of mozzarella Provolone, and And Clydesdale Clydesdale. jizz. All right, so anyway, so as a bonding agent to keep it together. um, Here comes the king, here comes the king of the run. Budweiser. So, uh, So he just was, he was a lovely, amazing, great, great dad great person who believed in us and believed in what we were doing and himself took a huge chance when we were in high school bought his own bought the family business and went a million dollars in debt because he was like i bet on me i bet on me that in 10 years i'll pay all this back he paid it back in seven years he's like Cause i'm gonna work my ass off because i love this and he wasn't a guy who was like i'm out running marathons no he loved the business because he knew people and he would travel around and talk to people like being the boss He loved being the boss and it was just him in his element in so many great ways. So it was just very – so when he – I think he saw what we were doing with ourselves, that the product that we were selling is ourselves and the chance that we took was on ourselves and the bets we took were on ourselves and I think he really loved it. When he died, that was like – we knew it was coming because he was not well. He had cancer and we had two years to sort of prep ourselves for what was going to happen. And – he no, just, it's never easy it's never easy and you hate to lose him i was happy that he was done suffering but like it just it made you say that there is an end to this my wife and i lost a baby like Pretty deep into a pregnancy. Uh, Like so much so that my wife actually gave birth to the baby. Oh, man. In in our house. Like it was hanging out of her. I mean, it was so intense. Oh, man. And we rushed home and we had to go to the hospital. I saw our little baby girl and she didn't make it. And it was heartbreaking and intense and my wife has created an entire thing around it and since then you told me about this we had our our talk yeah she she really has created something beautiful that's helped other women and people who have had losses and she's really turned it into something beautiful but you know I realized in that moment you know I didn't know if we were ever gonna have another child again and, and fortunately we were able to and I just dropped my daughter off at school today and I feel very lucky there's a big gap between my kids ages because of this But, you know, it's our reality. But it was like, no, it doesn't always go the way you plan it. Yeah. No, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't when things like that happen and you don't expect them to happen, you are thrown for a loop. Like we when our dad was passing, it was imminent. Like when phone calls would happen at night or at different times, I was like on guard and, and preparing myself for that end. I did not expect this to happen any of this wasn't a person in our lives, but it was, it was a hope and and a future that you imagined. And it died in that moment. And it was hard and it was super hard. And I was aware of that. And I do think that songs and things that speak to that, like I understood it in like a, Deeper, deeper way. And it definitely has like informed the way I understand how precious.
0: The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I have Yeah! Down! The wrath of the
4: buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland.
3: The
1: rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America profiles The Wrath of the Buzzard PROH files Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts Hey this is Chris Swinney formerly of the Atari's and currently host of that one time on tour part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network
3: Also, I tell my, my kids, kids like when we talk about death. My my daughter just lost a fish. Not a big deal, but like that's uh, heavy for her. three years. She had a betta fish, and we buried it. And always, I tell them betta fish like, lasted three years? three years. You got dude. your
2: eight dollars worth. Well, I'll I, tell I said, you "Listen, that much. I said, thank
3: you, Petco." <laughs> uh, no, I said, you know, I said w- things can't live forever. Yeah, things can't live forever. That's what I tell my kids. If people live forever, then we wouldn't be in this house because the people who lived in this house at the very still when they, they would still be here. Like things have because if you don't if there isn't an end to things then you won't appreciate the things while you're here completely and so with the day you got to learn how to die because living then is so much better, and that's what this song that's is a, essentially saying. That's a
2: bookmark right there, yep. man.
3: That's definitely a period. All right, let's move on to the to the next song, which is actually
2: listen. If I if Jesus, I do this, et cetera. Jesus, etc. Jesus, etc. But this song, uh, Rolling Stone ranked it sixty seventh on the list of a hundred best songs of the 2000s. I
3: think it's an unbelievable song. It is also the song that when you go to a Wilco concert you are acutely aware this is the song that all the people who are just barely Wilco really? fans know every this word of. This is
2: the, I mean, th- this I, is every girl,
3: I, every girl who's like annoying person who's like, this
4: don't, don't cry, yeah. you can't rely So I saw oh, Tweety yeah, singing it? it to their friends.
3: I saw Tweety live at Largo solo uh, in December, last December uh-huh. and the guy, Michael at Largo came out it's and he said the, the best, best, the man. best opening speech. He's like, look, here's the deal. I know you guys love these songs. I know you know all the songs. You gotta shut the fuck up. No one wants to hear you sing it. Nobody came here to hear you sing these songs. So I took my Tweety said that? No, No, the the guy Michael, the guy who's the manager who runs the So my and then Tweety came out and he was like, I look out there and I see you guys, and and I realize that I probably wouldn't be friends with any of you. It was the funniest (laughs) thing that he ever said, and the crowd bristled, and he could tell they were bristling, and he I couldn't tell if he was being funny or or if he was like being honest and testing the waters. And so over the course of the night, he he started to walk it back a little bit he's like "Yeah, maybe I'd hang out with of you guys are yeah he's arguing so no, right. I, he's like that's more about me than but it is but by the you. way Michael was right I mean the guy from Largo so I took my daughter this my oldest daughter to see Langhorne Slim at Largo okay. and the guy behind me was singing the whole time and I just wanted to be like shut the fuck I did not pay to hear your crappy voice all I want to do is hear this guy right here I want here. to hear his crappy but, voice but, thank but, you but if Jeff really but a Jesus, crazy, don't right? cry, is a, Jesus Don't Cry is a, or Jesus Etc is a song that I sang to my kids like because I don't know lullabies and I would when I would hold that's my kids when I like little, that. and I'd sing that to my to my kids, and like there's such beautiful moments like in that song. First of all, our the, love,
2: the, our love is all we have. Our love is all of God's money. Everyone is a burning sun. sun. I mean, that's just saying. Well, by that the way, love, love. That's it. That's all this is. were you were, we you were said right the about thing. the
3: stars. You were right about the stars. Yeah. Everyone is a burning sun. sun.
2: This and America Ashes of American Flags" are the two songs that uh, I mean, and I don't want to skip over Jesus, et cetera, but but these are the two songs that everybody thinks is about nine eleven because of a lot of the imagery Ooh, that they build. Oh, dude, it came, this was written before all of that. Yeah. The guy from Rolling Stone wrote, "It's calming down the redemptive power of love and music with verses that anticipated the imagery of nine and I mean anticipated uh, the imagery what is it know. what is it where, where isn't there a lyric in it where it's like you can't uh, lie on buildings me, like tall skyscrapers, buildings skyscrapers scrape, scrape voices escape yeah.
0: singing
3: sad sad songs yeah. two two chords
0: Drown down your cheeks bitter melody.
3: There, there is something in this in this song that is like I love how effortless his vocals are. I love how he's not pushing. Well, that's it, that's every that's every song. That's well, every song put, but some songs he pushes. It. Sometimes he really pushes. But I would say this song more than any because people are like uh, how do you compare who who's Tweety in the in the who's he comparable to? Uh-huh. A lot of people say Bob Dylan. There is something beautiful. This song has a moment and certainly with the strings when they go to plucking instead of simply playing and there's something so beautiful and transcendent about this song that uh, Nora Jones does a cover of this a live cover of this that is yeah. incredible unbelievable, unbelievable. she's unbelievable. very met I, her I very love, cool I love I love
2: her version of Black Hole Sun yes. Have you heard that yes. that's haunting unbelievable
3: man. that's a you know this is like the midpoint of the album almost yeah. and and they it turns
2: definitely there's a turn and Turn. they
3: and they release you in this they yeah, give you it is, something it is it is like a quieting comforting moment so i love this song so it's
2: i feel like it's uh it's it's cuz this is about like, turning your orbit around back into happiness is about self care yeah. uh so what
3: kind of self care measures do you guys take besides going meditate. to burning meditate? Yeah, meditate that's the sh- i knew I that i meditate every morning for 22 minutes and i Same. again was something that i wasn't i got j- we got
2: three meditators I got in Jay here. Into i didn't it. meditate this morning
3: Red- because i had to deal i had to get do my final
2: prep so on we this, were the reason why you know couldn't. when i do it now I that's why, I, why i'm a little but <laughs> that's not my yeah, i would never tell just, you guys don't my you mantra. dare tell my mantra i would never so i my mantra i is Burger did King.
3: it <laughs> i i did it a while back i got into it and and you know the guy who kind of helped figure it out and helped me figure out you know, mantra and all that other stuff really good dude Tail burkhardt is his name just a brilliant sweet if one of our friends did it you'd, it, it doesn't feel outside the circle of people and I always felt like ma- like meditation is like masturbation. The second you figure out that it's in your power to, to give yourself pleasure or give your or You're like oh I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yep. And so <laughs> every, yep, day, twice every a morning, day, every morning, every morning, <laughs> every morning, I set my alarm for six in the morning. And what I used to do was because I got to get my kids up, and I do the morning. I let my wife take it off, and I do the morning. Get their breakfast, get their lunches, make the coffee, take put the dishes away from the night before, get the dog fed, everything, get them ready, get them going. I know I'm gonna do that. I gotta start at six forty five. The old me would have snoozed it all the way to six forty five. Now at six I get to sit right up in my bed, close my eyes, you know, support my neck. It's not sitting back. And I do twenty two minutes Okay, then I go back down to sleep until 6.45. So the 23 minutes I get from 6.22 to 6.45, those 23 minutes are the deepest sleep I have the whole night. It's You do have to take care of yourself because, I mean, it's the old dumb thing of, I like, I mean, I'm doing a say, ton of cocaine. Yeah, I mean, but, I, but, I, but I'm, I'm so I, glad I dropped the literally, there's this,
2: like, <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. Like, right, give, <laughs> n- give me a nummy real quick. <laughs> just a gummy nummy. A gummy nummy. <laughs> uh,
3: wait, so the, is the next song Ashes of America? It blood? is. Angel. Uh, we call it Angels. Ashes, Ashes of America. America. Okay, can I talk Ag- about this out? And this- all the falling leaves. Please. Filling up shopping. This bags.
2: is a song which I've gotten to understand. Me and David went back and forth. Big black beautiful David. Uh the song is about renewal, reincarnation, and rebirth. Because nobody gives a fuck. I love the subtle noise. Nobody listens to poets. I love the subtle noise. Uh there's, there's just this song. This song is, uh it, it's just jangling keys. It, it's a, this is the culmination I feel of, of the where the rift, and you can see it in the movie. The rift between Jeff Tweedy yeah, and, and, Jay and Jay Bennett came in. And, and I think
3: Jay wanted more songs like Jesus, etc. And Tweedy was like, "It's got to go this way." And I'll say this: No,
2: I, I think Actually, no, I think, it's the, I think it's the other way. Do you really? Dude, Jay Bennett, this put, is Jay I was, Bennett. Put all this, is, this extra layers. This is a this Jay okay. Bennett record more than it's a Jeff Tweedy wow. record. When when Jeff listen, I'm not putting down Jeff Tweety's no. songwriting. I think he is. He is a fucking you know genius. he's a genius at what he's doing at, at alt country. And uh, but I'll tell you the truth. I think uh, Jay Bennett is this band's Johnny Greenwood from Radio. Wow. Wow. If this is this pre record, so if this is their okay computer, a ghost is born is not their kid A. No. Do you see what I'm saying? Because, yeah, because Jay Bennett Because Jay, I buy Bennett that. Jay Bennett left. I buy that.
3: So here Fuck yeah, Jay Bennett.
2: I mean, I all my lies are always wishes. All my lies I are always wishes. wishes. And it it's, a reoccur- it's a it's a recurring theme for him. He's he's always. just this motherfucker lies. Uh, I know I would die if I could come back back new. All right, so let's ask you guys this question. Mm -hmm. Do you guys lie to influence the future? And is that wrong? Yes, we lie to
3: ourselves. I lie to myself and be like, this is going to work out. But <laughs> I mean, I tell. Lies, I mean, yes. look, you got. You,
2: don't you? You know it. Like I know it. Even though I believe I don't it. it.
3: Here is the thing. Here is the. This, this is a subtle difference. It. It's I, believe, it's I believe. I believe in ourselves, and I believe in in everything that we're doing. I don't believe in the system. That the system. Will. I don't believe that either. But so, I, but
2: I feel like that we can we can. I have to believe that this project is going to go somewhere. Yep. I have to believe that, and I do believe it. And I did believe that the goddamn comedy jam will go somewhere, and so, it did. But it did. But what I'm saying is, I just had to stop playing by everybody else's rules right. and just say, I'm going to create my own lane. If they don't want to fuck with me, I got to fuck with myself because yep. I'm, my, I'm my only fan. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to probably the catchiest song on the
3: record. I'm, I'm the, the man. man who loves heavy you. metal oh, no, drummer heavy, number seven. Heavy I metal.
2: sincerely miss yeah. those heavy metal bands. Uh, you said go, go see, go see by, by the landing in the summer. Which that's you guys look, have been that's that's so what we The Scar brothers went down to see Jimmy
0: Cliff. They took a joy and they landing it in the summer. They
2: smoked it in the alley. And then Randy got sick and Jay went in.
3: Jay went in. Uh, they were the only Then their dad
2: to... picked them up because they had a flat tire. <laughs> and then they got food on the way home.
4: They stopped <laughs> off at a Noggles. They, stopped, <laughs> off a they stopped, stopped off at a Noggles. <laughs> they stopped off at. It was. so don't even know what a Noggles <laughs>
3: Noggle's was a a like Taco Bell type place that had a giant like weird roof to it. But so here's the deal, you know this song is for us. You know it is the poppiest song on the album, but it does of all the songs in this album because we grew up in St. Louis, because we went down to the Landing in the summer, because we know what Jeff is talking about, and probably did it in the same Same era era as him. Maybe like like, it's maybe like three or four years older than us, five years older than us. But like that was like. The landing in the summer was this special place. It was a cool... In St. Louis, a a city that didn't have a lot of cool places in the 80s, you know, to go down to Mississippi Nights and see bands and see, you know, in his case, heavy metal drummers, in our case, you know, roots bands and stuff like that that meant something to us. There was was a feeling that you had escaped St. Louis. I know he came from across the river. He was in southern Illinois, but that's still part of the St. Louis area. But, like, to come there, there, you had this moment where, like, these national acts... These these bands are coming through St. Louis. They're helping you escape whatever mundane, or show you what the outside world is. Yeah. For those kids, he he grew up poor. Definitely grew up poor. I mean, we grew up lower middle class. That's where we grew up. And the fact that, like, we could escape down, because a lot of kids at our high school, we came from the suburbs, they wouldn't go downtown. They wouldn't go to these places. We were among the few people who actually ventured outside of our little community and went down to these places. And you'd go down there and you were like, there is artistry coming in through here from other places. And that's, to me, what this song always reminds me of, regardless of how popular. It's like a summer okay. music festival. It's about your innocence. It's mm-hmm. about how the beautiful it is. What do you do in the later part of your life to keep that innocence that you had in your childhood? I actually take a lot of cues from my wife, who, who followed The Grateful Dead around for like, went to 165 yeah. Dead mm-hmm. and Jerry shows. After high school, she lived on a converted school bus in Santa Cruz and worked. Butts. And worked on a sauerkraut factory and a. And Did you say a, a sauerkraut factory. Organic sauerkraut factory and clean hot tubs, and she like lived on a converted school bus. So she has this desire to want to access all those things, and I'm always like, I better listen to her because she does. She's know, got it right. She's, she's got, got, got it figured right. out. And so like I do follow her lead. For me, I actually one way that I stay sort of I love the Innocence Young is sharing with my kid with my son, especially before he goes to sleep, we always have little moments where I'll play him comedy thi- sketches on YouTube, like old. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. just like stuff. for him to, to watch him find something funny that I find funny or find something new or see things that I've loved my whole life through his eyes. Amazing. Uh, it is amazing. And then sometimes we will lay in bed and just do improv, like little things where I'm like, you know, let's do an improv before we go to sleep instead of telling a story. And I'll just be like, uh, so it's weird that uh, that you that you don't sell surfboards here anymore. You used to sell surfboards. and he's like, "Yeah, we forgot. We stopped doing. That. Oh, it's great. All of great. a sudden, now we're into a little scene, and so I, that is something Next that you I know. Do. You guys
2: are performing on Saturday <laughs> yeah. night, but midnight show. at you well, He
3: understands <laughs> it.
2: He understands <laughs> it. <laughs> right, you better, <laughs> <Jay's> <laughs> just yelling at this kid. All right, don't fuck this <laughs> up like you did last Saturday. Be in the moment. Be, Be in, in the, the moment. moment. Stage, dad. Yes, and yes, sad. and he's yes, like a yes, and yes, and
3: you want me to give you a no, but I'll
2: give you a yes, and I. But I agree with that. I mean. One of the things that's really brought the innocence back into my life is having a dog. And I know that I'm not comparing it to having a child. But just the fact that I look at that dog and I I just go, hey, David. And I just start talking and and lack of language.
3: You get down on the the ground. Or you see the dog. You do something for your dog. That you know brings the dog joy. Maybe yeah. you take it for a walk. Maybe you buy a special treat. Maybe you do lay down and, and just petting the dog. There's a moment where you're like, "There's innocence here. There's beauty here, and I'm going to enjoy it yep. on it, the same level." So exactly. I
2: want I want you guys to hear this, so we're gonna. I want the the audience to hear this because this is. I before we move on to the next song, I want to tell you what I think the star of uh, this song is. It's not the lyrics. It's not anything, but it's literally the bass line yes. in heavy metal drummer. That slide. Boom. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That slide in I slide opinion, base is just the beautiful. slide of going. Yeah, Gild it's just, I
3: mean, mean that's amazing. And only someone who knows music, music would fully understand. Like I love that you picked that up
2: because boom, And then the drums with this little like half beat. That's interesting. I love the the very end of the song. Well, the
3: drums. It's the the song is called Heavy Metal Drummer, and it is very clearly a drum machine playing in this song in a lot of parts. Don't you feel? Well, the
2: beginning they have that dropout. That's the part that Jay Bennett and uh, because there's there's no break in between uh, Ashes of American Flags into Heavy Metal Drummer, so it just goes into the noise. Then it drops. You hear that weird electronic drum beat, and then you hear the. uh, the um, the actual piano and the whole song comes in. Funny thing, and uh, before I move on to the next song, I was gonna do this. It some sounds facts. a little
3: like Ice Ice Baby at the end of the song. So pe- dim, 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 people people are saying that dim, this is dim, about dim,
2: this is about the heavy metal drummer this is about is about Bobby Blotzer of Rat. Oh nice. Because he has bleach blonde
3: hair and a double kick drum. Wow, nice. And I'm pretty sure he was stoned. Maybe. yeah. All uh, right, uh, let's move on because the next song on. to me feels the most like a Beatles song. It feels uh, this is "I'm the man who loves you." I'm Kirk. the man who loves you. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. This it's is my the, favorite. Uh, horns. The, the horns in this song are just beautiful. It's the it's, intro. The intro is my favorite part of the
2: song. Just heavy metal. De- <laughs> de- de- wow, de- you're like, wow. is it going to start?
4: Wow! 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 But wow. then the it sounds like you're starting a car. Is I going to start this car And then it goes all acoustic black and white and white and It's just like we're on a marching band
3: right? Like we're on a marching band I was meaning to sell you I couldn't tell if you bring my heart The
0: way I wanted When I started writing this letter to you If I could, you know I would just hold your hand the man who
2: loves you. Which is about all right, so let's get into it. So this.
3: I sent this so I put this song on a mix for my wife, and I think it was of course like, you did. it was yeah. when I was just dating her and courting her you
2: didn't I, know what to say on paper. So I you mean had, I you let wanted to go made, and hold you your made mixtapes. Mix no, 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 no. But that's what we did. That's yeah. what you did. And that's what he's saying in this song. He's like, listen, I can't he's like, I can't write how I love you. I can't write like what I'm going I just through." just am but The man like, who does. Yeah, but I love you. And he's like, So if you but but I can show you, so get over here And let me hold your hand and I'll
3: show you that I love you. Make yeah. you it understand. Is.
2: Yeah. All right, so so pot kettle black.
3: I think it rips. Uh, I mm-hmm. love I
2: love this song so God,
3: much. It feels like you're on an ocean, like just 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 riding the the the, the strings, and you're riding the tops. And of there's waves. like a moment where they pull everything away, and they just have that ching 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 ching. That little like uh, shaker in there, and that's oh, like great. the beginning of it is so, a
2: tied track. in a knot, but I'm not, not
3: gonna get caught. caught calling
2: the, the pot, pot kettle black. It's about being a hypocrite. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about just calling somebody out. So, uh,
3: what ways are you guys hypocritical? I'm probably hypocritical a little bit politically. I mean, I definitely am trying not to be, but there's like a moment where I'm like, oh, it's okay if like the person's a bad person, but they come from the left. Because I'm like, well, at least their, their values are in the right place. Well, that's being a little hypocritical. I wish I was better about that. I wish I could call it out Sometimes more. Sometimes I'm hypocritical with my kids. Like, I'll just get really mad at them about acting a certain way, and I realize my job is to make them better people and whatnot. But or then, tell them, like, hey, you're not doing drugs. Like, there's, a, there's part of you where you're like, hey, I don't want you to do any drugs because I'm fearful of, mm. of you being too young and being able to handle it when I myself will... I've started to change the discussion with them and and say, like, you're not ready. You can't handle it. And, like, later in life we can talk about it. But right now you're just not ready. And so, you know, again, you worry about, like, your kids getting addicted to things and this and that. But I, I think for me, like, just telling them... I get mad at them for behaving a certain way and then here I am just all of a sudden like laying the hammer down on them in ways that because I can because I'm bigger, because I'm more authoritative and I'm like well that's not yeah I can get it right and I can kind of win this little battle right here but what am I doing like that is hypocritical like i got to find a different way to handle this now you can always it's always good to sit, show the boundary and be disciplinarian but you know there there are definite times on a daily basis when i need to not be hypocritical no yeah. completely pot call the pot kettle black this song is just so beautiful, and it ends so beautifully. It just comes to a crescendo everything, with like strings. Every every song is a comeback. Every moment's a little bit, little bit later. later. Yep. You talk about beautiful songwriting. Like that is the most simple, most obvious thing that someone can say, and yet it means everything. It reminds me a lot of Hemingway. When you read a Hemingway passage and a Fitzgerald passage, those guys were Fitzgerald buff. was like a beautiful, mus- long, muscular prose yeah, that yeah. goes out of. Hemingway would write when Hemingway had writer's block. And this is what we I I remember this. I took a class at University of Michigan from a guy who hung out with Hemingway, knew Hemingway. And he said, when Hemingway would have writer's block, the one thing he would do is he would sit in his room, whatever country he was in, he would stare at the wall, and he would try and write the most true thing he could Most publish. honest. The most true statement he could write, and then everything would spring out of that. And that's funny, because when you, we talk about being stuck, being able to write comedy, you say, well, what's what's, what's the a truth? truth that I wow, know? I, I've
2: never even thought. I want to do that from here on. That's how I'm going to start. What's the truth? Do that.
3: When you feel blocked, be like, what's a su- super truth in my life right now? Wow. And you start out of that, and then believe in it Here's not, the truth. Women be shopping. Women be <laughs> Be- <laughs> be- black, be- people be- be- black people do
2: black be- people do sleep
4: like
0: this white people and white people like sleep this. like that
1: what's up everyone this is jay reason and i want to let you all know that diablo zen podcast is now part of the sound talent media family Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Isaac, interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from
2: Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions and lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun.
3: Jay and I saw this documentary. It was a Tweety documentary about... Him Him doing live solo, and so I think he was at like the I want to say Portland at the Crystal Ballroom or somewhere. Maybe he's in San Francisco. I can't remember. remember. Like they basically show this whole concert, and he's in the concert and he's playing, and there's some women that are just talking in the middle of a very soft acoustic song, and he stops. Okay, and as performers and comedians, I just this this moment moment moment. made me love him so much more. And he's like, "What are you doing?" He stops the whole concert. He's like. What are you doing? If you, why are you here talking during this thing right here? You're kind of ruining it for everybody around you. Go outside, get the fuck out of here. Like, don't come in here. This isn't about you. This is about you because it's about everybody collectively enjoying this. But he has license to do that because he writes songs like this. And so I'm like, let the yes. Don't talk because what if you're you? Know, I always worry about like when people you know people who are like drunk in a comedy audience. Are like
4: I was helping you, and you're like, no, we didn't ask you <laughs> no to do this.
3: We didn't write our bit. Being like, okay, and then a drunk person in the crowd says something here, and then we go on there.
4: I was helping you. I was
2: helping you.
3: You're like, no, you weren't
2: helping me. All right, here's here's the big question. Mm-hmm. What what song do we cut from this record to make it a perfect
3: album? What song needs to go? I mean, I would cut the second to last song that was my thing yeah i'll cut poor places i don't think you need it but that's just me and i think I, the others yeah uh that that's that's the one i would cut huh? right. who do you think what do you think um i probably
2: Ra- radio
3: cure radio this
2: is yeah. that really just drags for me yeah
3: okay. all
0: right
2: but you guys want to do a few facts and then we'll get you out of here sure F- i gotta wait i gotta sing it fact who wants some facts let's i keep singing that song give me a different one to sing facts Um, to
3: um jason and randy here come the facty facts (laughs) here are the facts and
2: here are the facts
3: yeah, are the facts. First I fell in fact, love this with album an
2: I
4: fell in love with an answer. <laughs> I fell in love.
2: First fact is this album was supposed to come out on September 11th, but then something happened. I think it was well, no, the Michael so... Jordan press conference that he was going to be coming back to be a Washington Wizard. Maybe. Yeah. Or I
3: just think that they remember there the whole documentary was about how their album dropped and they sold it again. They sold it twice.
2: That's well that's the second fact is that uh this album was originally made and they were paid $84,000 to make it from Warner Brothers reprise. Prize, mm-hmm. And then, and this, this will blend into the second fact, because of a merger between AOL and Time Warner, Time Warner market share value had dropped, so they lost about a 5% in the mid-'90s. So the executives ordered that 600 jobs get terminated, and one of them was Howie Klein, the president of Reprise Records, and he was the guy that backed them. Mm-hmm. He was like their biggest believer, which is going to answer, which is going to bring into a question, because I can say it, it's the same situation that happened at Comedy Central with Gary Mann. He was our biggest supporter. Sure, what project... Uh, okay. What project did you believe in That
3: somebody believed in and Either they went away Or just the project the That you thing. you right, believed in show, So MTV. our first show We had a show on MTV Called Apartment 2F In 1997 Are,
2: why, do yeah. I, why does that sound familiar
3: Galifianakis was on that show Stephen Colbert Was on the first episode Of that show The Amy Poehler And UCB were on that Collectively Jeff Ross was on the show. Who Gilbert. did stand up On the show Bill Burr to that show. Pat uh, Oswalt. Pat Oswalt. Patrice O'Neill may rest in exactly. peace. Exactly. All these, like Jim Norton. All these people did stand-up on it. Amazing. Michael Showalter was a cast member. Amazing show. Uh, our executive over the, in charge of it, was Lisa Berger. She's amazing. She's out here now, and she's, I don't know who, where she, she works e now. For she did e for and a then, while. And then Brian Graydon came over from Comedy Central, the executive who, who. Developed, and sold, and developed South Park. And like, so... Came what, over to him 10 episodes into our first 13 episode season. Brian Grazer came in and Lisa Berger was like, fuck this. I'm not having anybody over me. She left. And then he was like, we are not doing shows that that aren't like this. Is
2: that your Yankee hotel? Fuck uh, shot the I don't know. About What's that? No, your Yankee the show Cheap hotel? Cheap seats. Cheap seats. Was Cheap seats I, I, think love, was, I love that Cheap so Cheap much. Seats was was a our show. Hood.
3: And they and they ended, you know, they closed classic down. Yeah. We had 77 episodes. We wanted, to, yeah, do we wanted to do 100 episodes of that show. We did 77. So, That's I mean, we great. We do That's appreciate it. It's amazing. All right. I got two. This one's kind of funny.
2: Jeff Tweedy converted to Judaism for his wife. That I just like that one. Did he I do that? It says, Jeff Tweedy oh, converted oh, to God. Judaism. I love him love even, even, even more. more.
4: On. On. Uh,
2: also, I love this fact right here. So on um, Jeff was about to attempt his first solo record, Mm -hmm. but he was thwarted because he decided to form a band with his son instead. All right. Now here is the question. Called Uh, Tweety. No. Are your kids
3: talented? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My son's more musically talented than me. I don't know. I can just say that my daughter who's 13 who did Groundlings this past year and she's a really... She, I think she's a talented actress. I've told her you need to be a director because you need to put yourself in things and yeah. you need to like take control of the situation because sitting around and waiting for people to call you, not good and not fun and I can tell you that's going to be a rough life. But if you get into control of the stuff that you're doing... Sure. I think she is talented. I really do. My she, other, is. she is. She's She's got great instincts. She's really, she cares a lot about it and she is, she feels. I'm like, you feel and you're an emotional person so you are going to be great. And so, I mean, who knows where it goes and i am certainly not going to push her where she's going <laughs> and and then my youngest daughter is like a super talented gymnast like super talented she like placed 5th in the region went to wow. salt lake city for her age and i kind of love being like because i hate all the other gymnastics parents I, I like the girls the parents in our gym but like you go out and i just hate them all and i'm like you I come got from a, a different place man <laughs> my <laughs> son's really good at fortnite Thanks
2: guys That's our show It's our show There we go And then we're gonna close it with this With the With the Where Are They Now This is written by the big black beautiful David Ross After the fall and rise of Wilco Through the release of their pivotal album Yankee Hotel Foxtrot They let their bandmate Jay Bennett go Jay Bennett played a plethora of instruments On this album And I truly believe that Without his songwriting That sound that made this album unique Which was very much equivalent To a wave crashing upon a beach Mm -hmm. Would be absent Yep Oh, and boy, so Bennett from this earth And so is Bennett from this earth He died. He, died he died in 2009 From an overdose of painkillers uh, Meanwhile his band, the band lives on They've released six albums A Ghost is Born in 2004 Sky Blue Sky 2007 Wilco, Wilco the album uh, The Whole, Whole Love, Love Star Wars And Schmilko all of which were nominated for a Grammy, but only Ghost is Born brought in two actual wins for Best Alternative Music
3: Album. So Yankee Hotel, Foxtrot didn't win the Grammy? Wasn't nominated for wow. anything. Wow. Yeah, isn't That's that crazy? That and year. on September
2: 24th of this year, Tweedy is releasing the single Some Birds from his upcoming solo album, Warm. And in the end, this is I always asked Dave to write this question. In the end, I felt like this was all about Jeff Tweedy anyway from the beginning. Do you guys believe that? <laughs>
3: Uh, I mean, I think the sentiments in the album were deeply personal to Tweety. and you're seeing a person just lay themselves bare with all their problems and all their issues and all the things that they have through the music and through the songs and through the lyrics. But I agree with you now that Jay Bennett is the person who- I, I crea- would say that- I would He say- laid, he took Tweedy's pain that he put through the lyrics of the song and- Literally amplified it with the beautiful layers of what he put so in. So I will—I'll compare it to uh, a director and a DP. Okay. Please. So I would say that Jeff Tweedy is Guillermo del Toro, and let's just say this album is Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. He knew what he was doing, and he and he helped. You know, he wrote he had a vision, he hated, but he had a someone vision. had to set the, the shots. But the DP set the shots.
2: Lebetsky or L- 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 that, I don't that know dude? That it's that dude yeah, that has yes, yes, won like three yes, years in a row. Yes.
3: So that guy created and set the mood and and helped fulfill the vision of Guillermo del Toro. Without him, I don't know if you make the same movie. I don't know if it feels the exact same way. You got to give J. Bennett J. Bennett the credit as maybe the DP, not the director. You give yeah, yeah because you're you like Tweety has, the director Jay, and the writer. Between that time and there, did Jay what Bennett did, ever like step out? And I liked his it? solo album. I like. I Shit, never heard Gold. it. I, 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 I the thought the saddest the
2: only- thing in the documentary was when he was like, "So you know, he was he, he felt threatened by me," and then. he leaves and the next shot is of him playing in a bar to like with nobody in it or at least we don't see the people and his song didn't sound bad no no he's good but it's just but it's just like you have to start over especially he wasn't if Jeff Tweedy wants to go solo everybody knows Mm. but Jay Bennett who is this really hard brilliant guy. I brilliant. mean, in, in the documentary brilliant. I saw it and through the reading that me and David have done, I saw that I feel like this album is good because of Jay. I think if Jay's not involved, this is just, you know, it's just I a ghost is born Je- part I think- two. Well,
3: but I think Jeff Tweedy set it up on the tee and then Jay sure. Bennett was able to hit it sure, out there I and completely so like, agree, could yeah. Jeff have set it up or hit it as far as he hit it if it wasn't <clears> teed up there? Obviously not. So, he, so you know, Jeff Tweedy set it up on the tee and then Jay was able to hit it.
2: This is fucking fantastic, guys. Thanks, Thank Cheers. you, guys.
3: What a treat.
0: Jesus, don't cry. You can rely on me, honey. You can combine anything you want. I'll be around. You ride.
2: I mean, that was fantastic. I just want to thank my brothers, Randy and Jay, for being so open and so honest on this podcast. I love those guys to death. So for all things Sklar Brothers, go to their website, com, and you can find them on all social media, Sklar Brothers. Listen to their podcast, Dumb People Town, and view from the cheap seats, and you can find it any place you guys get your podcasts. Also, Check out their special, Hipster Ghost. It's on stars and it's fantastic. On January 11th in San Francisco at Sketchfest, they're going to be doing a live Dumb People Town at Cobbs. And this Thursday, so tomorrow night, they're going to be headlining Flappers Burbank. And you can find tickets on each respective site for Sketchfest and for Flappers Burbank, or you can go directly to their website. I'm also posting the track listing to their mixtape that they made for you guys on all social media and on all the music platforms, guys. And uh, it's fantastic because this is two people making a playlist for you guys. Email the podcast at 500 podcastgmailcom at gmail.com and follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. We also created a club for you. It's called the 500 Club, guys. Sign up for the 500 Club You'll get merch, t-shirt, hoodies Live chats with me and my guests And you'll also get the podcast a day early Why wouldn't you want that? You should do it Join the movement The 500 Club is this shit You can do it at the500podcast.com Backslash club And that'll give you all the details for our Patreon membership So support the 500 Because this takes a lot of work And, you know I gotta pay these fucking editors, dude Now You just listened to Wilco from 2001 Now here is an artist that is directly influenced by this album From Cumberland, Maryland Close to where I grew up We have Michael Now With Less Than Positive I fucking love this song guys And I think you will too All of his details you can find on our website. And if you guys were in a band and were directly influenced by one of these albums or artists and you want your music featured at the end of the 500, send your song to 500 podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you put the album and the artist that influenced you in the subject and we will hook your ass up, dude. Next week is Eurythmics Week with their 1983 release touch so you guys got some homework to do. Thanks for tuning in y'all. King of Fleas out.
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW, avoid by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living. And every week, I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that,